In this week's episode, we take a look at some rather pricey controllers. Perfect Dark gets decompiled for PC. And could Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard be in trouble? I'm Anthony. And I'm Barry. And this is episode 70 of the Retro Gaming Dads podcast, the podcast for everything retro and retro inspired. Oh, so again, another episode which hasn't got an awful lot of retro stuff, but quite a lot's happened this week, hasn't it? Yes, but it's not retro, but is retro inspired? You know, a lot of a lot of these things have been around for a long time. In all fairness, in twenty years, this will all be retro anyway. Yeah, exactly. And so are we. <laughs> no, we'll just be old. <laughs> just before we start, what have you been playing this week? We're playing um, grounded, grounded, and more grounded. <laughs> in all fairness, I've been playing grounded. However. I have started playing a game on my Steam Deck called Vampire Survivor. Is it just a survival game against vampires? Um, it was a game Is that mentioned the one that Alex told you by about? the yeah yeah Alex yes. mentioned it and I saw it and it was like three ninety nine. I went oh go on then and I looked at it and thought this looks rubbish. It's like a dual stick shooter, right? Yeah. Except you don't get to choose where you shoot or what? when you shoot. How's that work? So the only control you need when playing the game, it's the left analog stick to move. That's it. Nothing else. So you just dodge everything and then it just chooses how to shoot itself. So when you kill enemies, sometimes they drop crystals. You collect them. That's experience. Once you level up, you get to pick a randomized perk. So it's like a roguelike game. So you pick a perk and it might be you fire two shots instead or you fire a homing boomerang or, you know, some random thing or it increases your health it can be all sorts and the longer you go the more experience you're getting the more levels the more skills and by the end of it i was just ripping through everything i think each stage actually has a 30 minute time limit though because i hit 30 minutes and then the grim reaper came and just wiped me out like at this point (laughs) i was at 29 minutes and 59 seconds I was immortal. I was ripping through screens full of enemies. They couldn't touch me. And then the Grim Reaper just came on screen. Everything screen else wiped. died and it just stuck to me and killed me. I was like, oh, oh okay. So, so that's how this ends then. So are you enjoying it? Yeah, I'm enjoying it. It was only £3.99 as well. So I'm not about four quid. What's the point of a twin six shooter when you can only use one stick? Y- yeah, well... <laughs> You're not always shooting. Like the first character you start off with has a whip and it can only attack left or right, depending on which yeah. way you're facing. So if there's an enemy above you, you're in trouble or below. Uh, this just sounds like one of those it's games where it's just. <laughs> it's one of those kind of games where I'll lie in bed and I'll just turn off and play it for like half an hour. Yeah. No, that's good. It sounds like it's enjoyable at least. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's, it's something isn't to... streaming as well on my Steam Deck. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, in all fairness, there's nothing wrong with streaming. It works quite well, thankfully. Mm. If the name and, wasn't uh, already taken, they should have called this the Stream Deck, because that's all <laughs> I do on it. In all fairness, we will be touching upon the Steam Deck a bit later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, before we move on to any more news, we, we need to do our shout-outs as always. Uh, do you want yep. to take that away for us? Again, a massive thank you to both Bobby Socks and Short Gizmo for your donations. As always, this helps keep the podcast going, and we do have costs for this, not just yes. our time, which it takes a lot of. It may not seem like it, but it really does. 
Each month we have hosting costs. January's a pretty expensive one because we have the domain name renews as well. Yeah, it, it always goes back into the show and everything else to help us keep continuing to deliver our podcast as best we can do to you. So again, a massive thank you. In typical fashion, we are running behind on doing our podcast. We always say we'll start this at nine o'clock. We'll get it recorded that night. It's half nine. We're still doing notes. I think we need a watch so that we can actually be a bit more punctual when recording this. Yes, oh, I completely agree. Um, however, Nintendo are releasing a watch that we could use. Oh, I used to have a Nintendo watch. I take it you mean it's one of these little plastic ones that cost £15 and has a built-in Tetris game on it, yeah? Is that what, is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, no chance. £15, a little bit higher. And it's not plastic now, it's metal. Oh, £20? Mm. Now, you're right with the two at least. Now, <laughs> Nintendo have teamed up and done a collaboration with Taghue, which I think is how you pronounce it. I, I believe so, but <laughs> I haven't got a clue. I'm not trendy enough. <laughs> this famous watch brand, however, we'll say, um, they're releasing two watches. One of them costing £21,250. Sorry, what did you say then? It almost, I think it got distorted. It almost sounded like you said £21,000. Do you mean twenty-one ninety-nine from Argos? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, no, no. £21,250. That's, that's, you could buy a car. You used to be able to buy a house. Yeah. Oh, God. I, I saw so, this. For that much, and... this must have a kick-ass version of the Tetris built in. <laughs> bizarrely enough it's got no games in it at all um, they are just analogue watches with a few minor details for Mario Kart on them so it's not even like it's just Mario all over there's just a few little symbols and characters so on one on this one that's cost 21,000 has got Mario driving a Mario Kart a blue shell and a bullet bill <laughs> I must admit, the, the nice detail ends, but yeah, I've got a feeling this might be a little bit out of my price range. <laughs> Unless you want to sort of remortgage your house for part of it. <laughs> remortgage? I'd have to sell it. It's probably worth more than my house, to be honest. Now, there is only 250 models of this watch being made, um, but I don't... I don't know. It just makes me sick seeing this, if I'm honest, for that price. Well, if they sell them all, that's half a million in Mario Kart watches. <laughs> I don't, it is baffling me because that that was, but that's only one of two. The second one, the other watch, you know, there's three thousand of this watch coming out. It's three thousand five hundred fifty pounds. That's the cheapest watch they're releasing of the two of them, and this one has two things in it. Oh well, compared to the other one, that actually now sounds reasonable okay yeah, but if you think about real world terms what would you really class as a reasonable price for a watch that you'd pay well i find it hard to justify 400 pounds for an apple watch every like three four years <laughs> well, everyone's yeah, like exactly. oh why are you spending so much on a watch i don't know so what we do is in the show notes we'll put a link in to the uh watches so you can at least see them for yourself 
and unfortunately we never got an affiliate link for them what a shame <laughs> oh no how oh, imagine that wouldn't need patreon if we got affiliate link and one of those sold <laughs> see i wrote this whole thing about our next piece of news about how expensive it was but you've just made it look like it's peanuts now in comparison <laughs> Uh, in all fairness, I don't think we'll ever be able to get anything else game-related that'll cost us much, unless it's... I don't know. Oh, so you, you completely forgot about that time that Super Mario 64 sold for one point something million dollars. Yeah, but the difference here wasn't that <laughs> fake. Yeah, it wasn't a scam. <laughs> Let's move on to our next piece of news, which is a bit more gaming-focused than a watch with a Mario Kart on it. Mm, I guess so. So... Sony has announced the release date for the PlayStation 5 DualSense Edge wireless controller, and it's a little bit expensive. So I thought the Xbox Elite controller was expensive, and it then is. I saw this. Yeah, the Xbox Elite it is, but what you get for it, you can kind of justify. But well, not if it only lasts a month or two before falling apart. You can't justify it. Do you know what I'm actually saying? It? Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> but I looking at this, I don't think this looks very impressive, if I'm honest. Now, bear in mind, I don't own a PlayStation 5, and I didn't own yeah. a PlayStation 4 either. If this was on a desk, I would go, oh, it's PS5 controller. I wouldn't go, oh, it's their version of the Xbox Elite controller. Well, no, it just looks like a PS5 controller, just mm. a bit shinier, I guess. Actually, in all fairness, looking at the Xbox Elite Series 2 controller, I could see people thinking, oh, it's just an Xbox controller as well, vice versa. So nah, The rubber grips change it completely. <laughs> so this will be launching on the 26th of January next year for £210. A controller that's almost expensive as a next-generation console. Well, yeah, you can get, you can get an, an Xbox Series S for another £40 on top of that. You can probably get it for that price if you look around in the sales. Oh, 100%. Or people on eBay will be selling it for about £200 odd. So you can easily get a Xbox cheaper than the PlayStation Pro controller. Well, yeah. I don't and get it. it comes with a controller. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The controller is fantastic. I don't get it. It doesn't look impressive to me, if I'm honest. See, it looks, it looks like a nice PlayStation controller. And... It's hard not to compare it to the Xbox Elite Series 2 controller, which is Microsoft's yeah. current high-end controller, if you would. And it does seem to be lacking, even though it's more expensive. When you say it's lacking, so what is it lacking then? So, now, first of all, I'll say, yeah, the PlayStation 4 controller, it does have extra functions like the touchpad, which the Xbox controller doesn't have. But in terms of what makes it a pro controller... It only actually has two back pedals, whereas the Xbox Series 2 has four back pedals. Its case is very much like the Xbox One, but the Xbox One, you can put the charger in it and plug in the charger to the case and keep it charging in the case. Do they have to take the battery out completely itself or does it plug into the controller? So for the PlayStation controller, you just plug a USB cable into the top and it does come with like a little locking mechanism that holds the cable into the controller and i think you can okay. use that if you're playing with it as well do you know just so it's not causing wear and tear on the actual port yeah. which is is a nice thing but the xbox elite series 2 controller you can charge it in the case by plugging the case in and it has like a little charging puck inside of it 
for the price of what it is, it's hard to justify buying this controller, if I'm honest with you. You know, yeah. if you're a hardcore PlayStation fan, I get it. You'll pick it up. The other thing I don't get is, though, is why is it cheaper in dollars and pounds as well? <laughs> yeah, that's everything in the world, isn't it? So it's $200, but £210. But also, yeah. why are you releasing it just after Christmas? Are you hoping that people are going to take their Christmas money down to shops and buy a controller? I think they're expecting little Timmy to go, oh, I'm taking my Christmas money off Nana and Grandad to go and buy myself a controller for my PlayStation. For £210. <laughs> yeah, they're like, what? You do get a bundle of accessories with it. As we previously mentioned, you do get a carry case with it, you get a braided USB-C cable and three pairs of analog sticks. So you can adjust it like that and find out what fits best for you. And you get two different back pedals that you can use as well. And they're customizable buttons that you can use for any of the face buttons, I would imagine. So you do get a little bit of a bundle with it, but it's still £210. It's just the shock of seeing a controller actually break that £200 barrier. It's it's mind-boggling, especially now when the cost of everything's constantly increasing as well. What gets me is I'm so surprised seeing a controller break that £200 barrier. I, I myself can't think of a controller that's ever done that. So it's quite hard to stomach that, especially with a controller that can only work with the PS5 and maybe your PC, so you can't even use this on the PlayStation 4. But following on from the new PlayStation Pro controller, if you're more invested in with Xbox, the Microsoft Elite Series 2 wireless controller is now in the design lab. So you can design and create your own, which you have already done. (laughs) Yes, yes I have. And I think it looks rather fetching in white, black and orange. It is. You and your orange, though. And I like the little uh, RGD uh, you put on there as well for the Retro Gaming Dads. I'd say I'd, I couldn't quite fit Retro Gaming Dads on it. I could only fit Retro Gaming Dad. Yeah. No, I, I quite like it. It's nicely done. We talked about this a while ago when the Xbox Series 2 wireless controller core edition or whatever it was called yeah. was announced. And if you do want to get yourself a customized controller, these again because we've been talking about such high numbers these are starting to sound reasonable now so for 125 pounds you can actually get one of these controllers customized and you can pick the colors of like the buttons the analog sticks the bumpers the grips the actual shell of it as well and i think that i think that seems reasonable to me now that's how no, skewed my mind's too. gone off these numbers. Because how much was it? Now forgive me. One hundred and fifteen to buy it normally. Yeah. Oh, one hundred and twenty-five if you want to customize the colors. That's not including engraving them. Yeah. No, I, I don't get why. If you wanted to customize it and make it a bit more um, unique, unique. Yes, thank you. More unique. I don't see why you wouldn't do. Especially if you've already got the original Elite controller because you've already got the case mm. in and all the bits, because it'll be usable with the Elite 2 controller. Well, not only that, you can buy the accessories either included with it, and you get yes. a bit of a reduction, or you can buy just the bits that you want. So say if you want the controller, but you're not bothered about the pad- paddles on the back or the additional analog sticks, and you just want the case, you can actually get the case as well. I think that was about £30, which includes the charger and the USB cable. But again, you can customize part of that. So you could have... 
for example, I would probably get a big orange Xbox logo on it with the orange zipper as well on the black case, which looked pretty nice. I'm guessing orange is your favorite color. Um, yeah, probably because it's one of the colors I can see <laughs> consistently. <laughs> um, I, I just, I just think white, black, and orange goes really nicely together. No, they do. They do look nice together, definitely. And I do like the control you've designed. But again, you know, these controllers can use be with at least these elite controllers can be used with the Xbox One, the Xbox Series X and S, and the PC. And yep. we, you, it'll work on any PC. Well, not any, but a good majority of PCs. It'll work on practically on any Windows 10 or 11 PC. Yeah, that's got Bluetooth. Uh, well, also work with Mac, as we know, as you know. Uh, no, it doesn't. It I does not it work with Mac. Oh, or at I least my you. Xbox Elite Series 2 controller doesn't. Every time I plug it in, it goes, oh, we see you've inserted a removable storage device. I'm like, no, I haven't. <laughs> Never mind then. <laughs> but you've got, with this controller, it's cheaper. You've got more of a range of things you can use it in. You can customize it any way you want. For a cheaper price, still, it doesn't. To me, even with it being customized, even with the accessories, it doesn't even break the two hundred pound barrier. It's got seventeen quid underneath it, so yeah, it's it's a good twenty five plus pounds cheaper than the PlayStation DualSense Edge. That's yeah. if you get the full bundle. So that's the additional analog sticks, the case, the charger, the back pedals, all of which again can be customized. So if you don't want just silver back pedals, you can get like orange back pedals. There seems to be a theme here. Or yeah, just pretty that. much any other primary color that you want. And even with engraving, which is an additional cost, the whole bundle only comes to £183. Yeah, so to me, that's not as you know sickening as the £210 that PlayStation have. And I don't know, this is a lot more appealing to me. Maybe because I'm an Xbox mm. fan. Yes, I get it. But because it's not as expensive and it can be to a lot more devices. And more importantly, the analog sticks are in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're not, That's going to cause some arguments, I bet. I don't give you. But it's good to see that there are options for both Xbox and PlayStation fans. Yes. So... I think it's about time we move to something retro. I guess it's been a while. We've been talking about some newer stuff and we're going to drop into Perfect Dark here. Now, some fans have decompiled the N64 classic. So now since they decompiled it, you can practically play on everything, anything. Uh, so far, they're going to work on the PC. But mm-hmm. I don't know. If Doom can play on anything, surely the sky's limit with Perfect Dark too. I would imagine Doom's probably got slightly lower specification requirements than Perfect Dark, but yeah, no, it'd be interesting to see what they do with it. So this isn't even the first N64 game that they've managed to reverse engineer and decompile. They've done it previously with Mario 64 and Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Yes. I'm sure someone got Mario 64 running with ray tracing. What? So because they've decompiled it, they can actually mod these games now so they can improve the graphics and you know improve the textures, add new models, add new features, 
um, or just stick ray tracing in it for the hell of it. <laughs> playing this, playing this old sixty-four game, it's like, oh, you know, it still looks the same. And then you got ray tracing of all the shadow effects coming. You go, yeah, RTX, just what I wanted. Again, I often say people have too much time on their hands to spend that mm. much time to be able to decompile it to then be able to you know create mods better. You cr- put on different devices. The person who I'm seeing online being credited with this is a coder called Ryan Dwyer. I'm not entirely sure if it was just him who done it. I would imagine something like this would probably be a team effort. Yeah. But the fact that fans are still doing this on a game that's 20 years old at this point. Has it also had a remaster release as well? Um, It's not It's not really had a... It's been like a HD version, weren't it, on the Xbox 360? Oh, yeah. Yes. So we, we played through it last year on one of our retro gaming club games. And we enjoyed it. It's a great game still, especially with dual analog stick control, not the original N64 control. But it'd be interesting to see what what features or what graphical updates they bring to this in the future. Although I would be uh, curious. I'd... Yes. Do you think Nintendo will send them a cease and desist? Oh, I do. Well, in all fairness, though, the people who did Super Mario 64 and uh, Legend of Zelda, did they get cease and desists? Probably. I don't know if they did, but almost certainly. The reason I ask that, though, is because although this is an N64 game, the actual franchise and even the developer are both owned by Microsoft now. I guess we'll see who sends out the cease and desist letter first. Yep. Should we move on to a bit of handheld news? Yes. So we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, the Razer Edge has now been unveiled completely. And I've got a few mixed thoughts about this. Mixed thoughts? I thought this was going to be a handheld console. Obviously not. Well, yeah, yeah, that's that's one point. We thought it was going to be basically another version of the Logitech G Cloud that we saw a few weeks prior to that. But that's what it kind of looked like in the teaser trailer they released. Mm. It, you know, it kind of looked like it was a complete gaming handheld. Yeah. Not as what they've now released, a mobile phone with a controller on the end of it. Just well, it's not even a full mobile phone, no. It's basically a phone-sized tablet that on some hands have really good specs, but on other hands seems to be lacking a few features like a rear-facing camera, for example. I'm a bit disappointed in this because I was expecting something big from them. Do you know what I mean? I was expecting... A complete contender that might be on par with the Steam Deck. Not well, a tablet which has a controller attached to it. Well, yeah, as a unit. So what they're releasing is a 6.8-inch tablet that has a Razer Kishi V2 Pro controller included with it that just kind of yes. like clamps on the side and connects to the USB port. Now, I've had the Razer Kishi controller for my phone in the past, and it wasn't the worst mobile controller I've used, but it wasn't great. The thing that got me, do you know when you're Nintendo Switch, when you're got you holding it with the Joy-Cons, and there's that little bit of flex on the Joy-Cons? Yeah, you feel it's going to sort of snap off. Imagine that, but like five or six times worse. So the whole thing kind of, it doesn't feel very solid as a single unit, even though it clamps on pretty tight. I think so this is if your child gets to it, you're kind of scared of it snapping off. Yeah, it, well, not even if you're not scared of snapping off. It just doesn't feel like a nice experience when yeah. both hands are kind of like rocking around on the controller as you're playing. And yeah, it's, it's, 
it doesn't feel secure and safe. There's too much movement in it. It's it's just not a nice experience. It just doesn't feel high quality. You know, you want to control the, you want it to feel solid. Other than that, though, what do you think of the specs? Have you had a chance to look over them yet? I've had a chance, and don't get me wrong, I think the specs are pretty impressive, um, especially compared to the uh, G Cloud. But in all fairness, I can't don't see how you can get that much worse. Um, but then comparing on the Steam Deck for the prices, so the Razer Edge is starting from three nine nine, and the mm-hmm. Steam Deck starts at three nine nine. So yeah, if I'm honest. I know I'd go for the Steam Deck if I had the choice. As much as the specs, mm. they are better in some cases. The Steam Deck, you can put different operating systems on it. You can upgrade the SSD on the Steam Deck. So I kind of feel they like have more freedom with that. The Razer Edge, yeah. I don't see why you would really use it as a tablet, if I'm honest. No, not, especially when it's a mobile phone-sized tablet. Exactly. If it was At bigger... That point, I don't know. I think I'd be more inclined to want to buy the controller separately and use my existing phone. Why would I take a mobile phone plus a mobile phone-sized tablet around with a controller that most mobile phones would be able to plug into as well? Also, how would you sort of... Would this come with a case which fits the whole thing in together? Or mm, There's been no mention of it. I imagine you'd be able to get a case... Don't forget, most devices, like you buy a Nintendo Switch, it doesn't come with a case, does it? No, I know, but a Nintendo Switch is kind of an easy one to get a case for because you know, the fact it's a tablet and the controls fastened separately is to take them off. Mm. I would imagine you'd be able to get similar sort of cases for this. I know, I've got a lot of questions. I want to see a bit more with it, I guess. The specs on it, so it's a 6.8-inch AMOLED display and it runs at up to 144 hertz at 2400 by 1080. So that's that's a pretty impressive screen. However, I was thinking about it. Most things probably won't take advantage of that. Well, no, because it's running on Android. It's got the Play Store. There'd be a lot of mobile games playing on this. Mm-hmm. Not many mobile games would reach anywhere near that. No, I don't know any off the top of my head. I'm not saying there isn't. But if they do, especially that resolution and that refresh rate, I would imagine they'll go look pretty basic. Yes. Now, I know you can use other services such as GeForce Now, and I don't know what the maximum resolution and refresh rate is, but I know something like Xbox Game Pass, you're going to be running in 1080p, so this display is going to have black borders down the left and right-hand side of the screen yeah. because it's wider than you know your typical 16 by 9 ratio. And it's only going to run at 60 hertz. Well, it's not even half the hertz that you can run at. Well, so. no, it's, it's not. Now... It's spec-wise, so it's got a a gaming-focused Snapdragon processor with the G3X, 8 gig of RAM, and 128 gig storage. Again, a Snapdragon processor, do you reckon that will be used to the full extent? Um, Not for streaming, nowhere near. I'm not being funny, the Logitech G Cloud uses a Snapdragon 720G, which is not even in the same sort of ballpark as this processor, and that will be fine for streaming. But I suppose if you want to play a game like, I was going to say Genshin Impact, because that's one of the more graphically demanding Android games. However, as far as it works, it still doesn't work with controllers on Android. So what would be the point? So, you know, a process of that, because there's not many games you will be to download that could even remotely sort of begin to test that processor. Well, there there isn't now, but in the future there might be. 
I know, but how long in the future are we thinking? See, then again, I guess games like maybe PUBG Mobile or Call of Duty might actually maybe benefit from the sort of specs that it's got. Yeah. Do you know what? You're right there, because obviously there is... And Fortnite as well, stuff like that. So I guess mm. they would and, and use Destiny, it. I believe Destiny's coming to mobile, Destiny 2. Oh, is it? I think so. I may have just made that up, actually. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm somewhat certain I've heard that. Um, but, I, you know, with this console, just carrying on with the specs, though, it has at least got Wi-Fi 6, which for yeah. a device, which I think you'll be using stream for, you kind of need. Something we mentioned that the Logitech was sorely lacking. And still is, and I think always will be. <laughs> but alongside that, you can get 5G with it. So this is starting price from 399. You can get a 5G yep. version, which will be more expensive, but we just don't have any more information. Yeah, it just on the website where it says price, it says coming soon. I've heard rumors that it's probably going to be about 799. What? <laughs> That's only rumors that have seen them. All right. Well, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll let you know. The 5G version of this device will be launching through Verizon in the US. So you'll need to get it as if it's like a mobile phone subscription. Okay. Interesting. Maybe they'll actually make it as a phone. I was thinking that even if you could use it as a phone, because a lot of Android tablets just think they're big phones, basically. Yes. It's still lacking things like a dedicated, well, not a dedicated, but just a rear-facing camera. Maybe that's why if this is if the other device is seven nine nine, maybe that has got a rear facing camera. <laughs> you know, um, maybe there is well, additions. The specs don't mention it. They only mention a five megapixel front facing. Oh, okay. Mm. Well, yeah, this would not be usable as even as a tablet, I don't think it's a really suitable tablet. Not having a rear facing camera. No, it's it's one of those it's too small for a, a dedicated tablet. A little, maybe a little bit big for a mobile phone, but lacking certain things that you expect a mobile phone to have, such as the rear-facing camera. Okay, come on. So we've got these three handheld devices. Okay, we've got mm. the Razer Edge, Steam Deck, Logitech, G Cloud. What is your pick out of these three? Looking at the well, cross well, you know what my pick is. I own a Steam Deck. Okay, if you didn't own a Steam Deck and you were looking to purchase one, if I could only purchase one, I think for yep. versatility, the Steam Deck. Yeah, no, I completely agree. If I was getting one specifically for streaming and traveling, that would kind of rule the Steam Deck out just because of its size. Yeah. I would probably go for the Logitech for a dedicated streaming device. Because it's quite, it's, you know, it's £100 cheaper and it's made to be a handheld. It's not made to be a tablet with control stuff yeah, inside. Yeah, I don't know. It's not too bad with like the Switch where you can clip the controller on and it is somewhat solid but similar with the switch if i was going to go traveling with a switch say i, I don't know going on holiday or going traveling or something i'd i'd get something like the switch light yeah the only thing of the three devices we're talking well, sorry the four devices if you include the switch that we're talking about yes again and i'm not saying it's the best console it is a very flawed console still but the steam deck with the exception of its size not not even its weight, just its physical size. I think that'd still be my go-to, followed by I think Switch. I'd still get that out. If I was, if I was traveling somewhere in the car, if I was on the train, I think I'd still get it out and play on it. It's not only getting it out to play, because it is comfortable to hold while you're playing it. Like, I can, I can sit there. I was playing that game before for an hour. 
Sound yeah. all low. Um, <laughs> we realized not saw the end of it. And it was comfortable to use. However, putting it in its case and then chucking it in my bag, it does take up a good chunk of the space in my bag. Okay. Something like the Switch. It's a lot smaller profile, a lot thinner. Especially Switch Lite. You can almost fit that in your pocket. Okay, so... Last but not least, one more question I've got about handhelds then. So do you still believe that 2023 may be the year of the handheld? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Even with the ha- you know the handhelds being a bit of a letdown. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the thing is, there's so many handhelds coming out that they can't all be winners, can't they? <laughs> <laughs> there's there's going to be one decent one rocking out soon. You never know. Microsoft might actually announce a proper handheld. I wouldn't be surprised if Sony brought out a new PlayStation Vita or something. I'm sure I saw somewhere that they were looking at it. Yeah, well, well, they said that they were dropping handhelds after the Vita, but the Vita was a fantastic console. But they just didn't surprised. support it. I wouldn't be surprised if they did turn around, turn around and revive it. Yeah, that's after they stopped whinging about Call of Duty not being on it. But before we get into that, would just like to do our weekly cry for your help you're the reason we do this podcast each and every week or week every other week depending on what mood we're in yeah and we'd like to ask for your help all that we ask is that you take one minute to leave us an honest review letting us know all the things you like and don't like about the podcast and just pop it on your favorite podcasting app alternatively after you know we've we've read the bad ones and cried a little bit uh, you can also help us by joining our patreon as little as one pound per month where you will receive an ad free version of the podcast and we'll even give you a shout out in the next episode so back to what i was alluded to sony and the crusade against microsoft and call of duty <laughs> i think this is a sort of subject for any microsoft xbox fan out there lately for the past however many months now and it's just getting stupid it's just getting worse and worse so the uk's competition and market authority has actually expressed concern and wants to look into the sale of activision blizzard to microsoft a little bit deeper because they think it may have a negative impact on gamers now to me and and you and I'm pretty certain ninety percent of the people who know about this deal that this is all hanging solely on one game, which is what's irritating me the most. Mm. Call Spyro. of Duty. <laughs> oh yeah, that too. <laughs> Give me Spyro exclusivity. I want you Spyro game, please. Um, Call of Duty. Microsoft yep. has said time and time again, and even Competition Markets Authority have even said that they're concerned about it being exclusive to Microsoft for this game when they said time and time again they're looking to keep it on there they're looking to bring it to the Switch it would never damage them so I don't it's it's quite aggravating that they're still going to about just about this one game we've had Microsoft like extend an olive branch to Sony saying we'll extend the current agreement for a few more years beyond what was already in place and Sony came back and said that was wholly inadequate it was not acceptable at all. And it seems that Jim Ryan's been jetting off all around the world to different sorts of regulators to express his concern about how Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard is going to kill the entire gaming industry. And it's so bad. It's the worst thing in the world. 
And most of them have disagreed with him and said, yes. even if Call of Duty did become a Xbox exclusive, it wouldn't have that much of a negative impact on other platform holders such as Sony and Nintendo. And bear in mind, the Nintendo Switch is currently the best-selling console of this generation by a massive amount. As far as I'm aware, it's not had a single Call of Duty game released on it. No, it's not. It's not had a single one at all. Um, but not only that, you know, going on this and talking about obviously Jim Ryan going around to other um authorities about this microsoft has hit out at uh, the competition Microsoft authority because they're saying that they're signing with sony or they've taken sony's side without really hearing out from xbox because xbox has reached out a few times mm. and they've not really hear it and they they've basically slated them saying you're taking this unbiased opinion from sony and not letting us prove how well, it's not an unbiased opinion from sony is it's completely biased <laughs> It is, but not only that, they turn around and show in figures, only 10% of the player market actually play Call of Duty on the PlayStation. So mm. it's not even a massive impact on it. If it didn't, if it did go off it, and they also talk about how much of a um, market lead Sony have with their console compared to the Xbox. Well, yeah, one of the things they did say is even if every single PlayStation owner who plays Call of Duty jumps ship to Xbox... PlayStation still got such a huge market lead on Xbox. Sony and Jim Ryan need to come up with something better rather than just saying they don't lose Call of Duty. And to be clear, Microsoft at this point haven't said that they will lose Call of Duty. But at the same time, I think their argument is, but they haven't said it'll be on PlayStation forever and ever. <laughs> Why would Microsoft say that? They don't know what the gaming landscape's going to be like in five years let alone 10 25 years so why are they going to agree to keep this on playstation forever rather than go well we'll agree to it for the next five or six years and in five years six years we'll see where we are and we'll see what happens then as we said before and even even microsoft said in their statement they've published out saying that it would actually be a detriment to them if they no longer put it onto those consoles. Well, yeah, obviously there's the sales, but they've also said that if they did make it a console exclusive to Xbox and took it away from PlayStation fans, that not only would they be alienating the own Call of Duty fans who play on PlayStation, but they'll also tarnish both Call of Duty's and Microsoft's reputation in the process. So there's a massive incentive for them not to do it right there, built into it. And I just, because it, it, with with this review, it's coming to the end of phase one. So that's when we move to phase two, because I want a more detailed look into it. And mm. I, can, I can understand why Microsoft's getting upset by it, because they just want this deal over and done with. They can move on with their lives, but... Jim Ryan's kicking up such a stink for no reason. He needs to find something better to do and just move on and let it go on. Yeah. Because not only that, so Microsoft in the statement have turned around and laid out that they've bought at least another five or six developers since they've bought Activision. Mm. And no one's questioned those purchases. It's just well, because of this purchase. 
Well, it's like Sony, they were going, if they make this a console exclusive, making these exclusive is detrimental to the industry. And then on the other hand, and go, oh, by the way, the exclusive Spider-Man 2 is coming to PlayStation 5 next year. I think they were saying that PlayStation have at least five times more exclusives than Microsoft mm. does. And not only that, the whole of the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 generation, every time I saw a Call of Duty trailer on like YouTube or something, it was Call of Duty, Black Ops 7, you know, exclusive content on PlayStation. And you're like, well... How is that not detrimental? I know it's not the entire game, but, you know, oh, I, I love that old map from an old game. Oh, it's only on the PlayStation. Oh, well, guess I'm not playing it then. No, exactly. And I think that's another thing that they're really pointing out is that no one's taken into consideration all the exclusives that they've rocking up with. It's just this they're focusing on and they won't let it go. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I do think places like the Competition and Markets Authority do have a duty to investigate these, make sure they are in the consumer's best interests. However, ultimately, if Microsoft did go, right, Call of Duty in five years' time is Xbox exclusive, you can either get it on Windows or Xbox, but that's it. Yeah. And let's say there was no backlash against them. Ultimately, the only loser in this is PlayStation. What a Nintendo go do? Go, oh no, we don't get Call of Duty this year. Oh. You know, somehow they're thriving and they haven't got Call of Duty. And when they did used to get Call of Duty, it was really bad. But I guarantee that at least over 90% of people who own a PlayStation have a computer, so they will be able to play it on the PC. Well, yeah, but you've got to you got to think that everyone has a gaming PC. I have a very powerful PC, but can't play games on it because <laughs> it's it's not a gaming PC. I think this whole situation is just getting more aggravated the more it goes on because it's just a complete biased opinion from one gaming company just because they don't want to lose a game. With that, isn't so much that. Sony's going, oh no, we're going to lose Call of Duty, it's going to hurt us. If they came out and went, we cannot allow this because if Microsoft get Call of Duty and it's exclusive, this will hurt us. One, well, that's the whole point of competition. You know, yes. raise your game and make sure that isn't something that is going to be an issue. Bring out a new kill zone, bring out a good game and, you know, you don't need Call of Duty. The thing that gets to me is Sony acting like this martyr going, oh, we're protecting the whole of the industry against the tyranny of Microsoft as they're buying up Call of Duty. And they're just there acting as if they're the ones protecting the whole of the industry. But the thing is, though, because no one else is stepping out and no one else is going against it, why is the UK authority listening to Sony so much when no other publisher, game developer, you know, no one else is turning around saying, yes, it will damage the gaming industry. It's just Sony. Well, for another publisher or developer, ultimately this isn't going to really affect them because Call of Duty games all exist, whether a console exclusives or multi-platform. In fact, if they did become a console exclusive, in some cases it may be more beneficial for them because there's less competition on the PlayStation. So they're not yeah, going to speak market. Out. Nintendo aren't going to speak out because it doesn't make a blind bit of difference to them. Steady shut themselves down. 
<laughs> well, yeah, Stadia. <laughs> Who cares about Stadia? Um, and let's face it, if this becomes an exclusive, it's only exclusive to the Xbox. It's still going to come to PC. So, again, the only people that run the risk of losing something here realistically is Sony. And I would respect them so much more if they said, yes, we are worried that this may have a significant impact on our sales. But they're like, no, this we're doing this to protect, you know, we're the big company. We're protecting all these smaller companies exactly. like Nintendo. In, yeah, they like, like you said a moment ago, they're trying to be the martyr when they're not at all. They're just looking after themselves and making it out as if looking after other people. They're not only willing to die on the hill for it, they're, they're piling up dirt to make the hill to die on. Well, this is the same conversation that we continuously have about this. It is just Sony fear-mongering, saying this is yes. going to be bad for the industry. Microsoft have tried to alleviate concerns, saying, well, you know, we might even bring it to more places, make it more accessible to other players, which to Sony... Sony's not going, oh, yeah, do you know what? That actually makes sense. Sony like, yeah, but we're not getting as much money that way if you bring it to mobile or to Switch. You know, we don't get money out of that. That's all yeah, they're no. concerned about. And don't get me wrong, they are companies. They are the to make a profit. Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. Do you know what? Maybe they just want exclusive stuff. <laughs> Maybe that's all they want. I don't know. There's been a lot of conversations about whether or not exclusives in gaming are good or bad and i'm a bit on the fence obviously if every game came out on every console well why would you buy an xbox over a playstation exactly you know it, there's no reason to have more than one console at that point you may as well just have the game box that you buy and play all your games on and i do like the fact that i bought an xbox realistically for two reasons one my friends have Xboxes. And two, the games I tend to like, such as Halo and Forza, are Xbox exclusive titles. Yeah. Or at least on the console. Now, there's nothing stopping me building a gaming PC and playing all these Xbox and a lot of PlayStation games on the PC. But I'm not really doing it for that. I'm doing it because I want to play Grounded with you online or I want to play Halo Online with Phil, you know, it's it's more the, for me nowadays, especially as I'm getting older, it's not like, oh, I want the new Sonic. Oh, no, actually, that was a bad example. <laughs> I do just want the new Sonic game. <laughs> That's um, what I you know, oh, I just want the new Call of Duty game. It's, no, I want the game that I want to play and that I know you want to play so that yes. I can spend time online playing those games or when you come around, you know, we can split screen and, stardew valley or play a bit of teenage mutant ninja turtles you know whatever it is and also the consoles is just an, a lot easier way of playing the games rather than having to build a whole pc or grade yeah. it when you need it console knocks you out for a lot longer and you know doesn't yeah. need it so great as often well i say even a consoleized pc like the steam deck it's far from perfect you know there's still yes. a lot of fiddling around getting games working on it if in some respects, actually, that's probably harder to get some games working than a PC. That's true. Um, well, I don't know. I think overall exclusives are good, but not when a company's getting exclusives for third party games. I'm not too keen on that. For example, no. Final Fantasy VII Remake. 
So I get, well, actually, that's another example. You know, that's detrimental oh. to me that I want to play Final Fantasy VII Remake, but Sony has made it a console exclusive on the PlayStation. Yeah, exactly. Stuff like that so then it means that you have to go buy a PlayStation. Well, that's kind of what Xbox well, would yeah, do. They exactly. I don't want to buy a PlayStation, Xbox. but they're forcing me if I want to play the Final Fantasy Remakes. But if you had a game on PC and Activision had a game that went exclusive, that will end up on the PC and just you could play it that way instead. So if I'm to buy a whole new console. Well, yeah, but in your I want to play a console because it's a say. I just come, yeah. stick my headset on, press a button on my controller, I'm playing, I'm chatting, I'm in the game. It's smooth, it's seamless. Yeah. On that sour note, before my blood pressure gets too high again, we've come to the end of the episode, haven't we? I think we have. And it's got a little bit of retro in there. <laughs> yeah, we'll try and sneak a bit more in, in the future, but it's been a bit, it's been a little bit quiet recently. But on that note, we've been the Retro Gaming Dads, and we'll catch you next time. And thanks a lot. <laughs> Looking good. Thanks, you just ah. derailed me now. Took it away when you froze. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I, I was like, I'm going to show it to you at some point. <laughs> you couldn't have waited until I'd finished <laughs> me, me little inspiring speech, could you? Sorry. <clears throat> I remembered and I was going to say something I really do apologise it's too tempting just to uh, plonk it in oh that was it